0: Hey all, this is Sean Gerber. Thank you for listening today. But before we get started, I have a couple of questions for you. Are you caught in the daunting maze of CISSP preparation, unable to find your way forward? That's precisely where I found myself when I began studying for the CISSP. Overwhelmed would be an understatement. There are now an ocean of CISSP training programs available, and are you unsure which ones to trust? I remember the struggle, but there was nothing accessible to me outside of the pricey boot camps, and that's precisely why CISSP Cyber Training came into existence, to illuminate your pathway towards acing the CISSP exam. At CISSP Cyber Training, I've forged the CISSP blueprint into a step-by-step guide to navigate you through the intricacies of the CISSP journey. Designed to provide you the direction and guidance you need to pass the CISSP exam confidently. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to what one of my students, Kevin Fallon, had to say about the CISSP blueprint. This is precisely what I needed in your course. Direction. The blueprint is the perfect roadmap to stay on track. I appreciate its clarity and tangible sense of progress it brings. A phenomenal tool for revision. And then there was another from Christopher Wagstaff. Sean Gerber, your guidance was invaluable throughout the CISSP study and certification process. Thank you for breaking the monotony. Once you've wrapped up with the podcast, make your next stop CISSPcybertraining.com and let's together turn the tide in your favor, meeting your CISSP goals and catapulting your career in cybersecurity. Now, without further ado, let's get going. Giddy up. Welcome to the Reduce Cyber Risk podcast, where we give you the tools you need to meet your regulatory requirements while helping keep the evil hacker horde at bay. Hi, my name is Sean Gerber and I'm your host for this action-packed informative podcast. Join me each week as I provide the information you need to best protect your business and reduce your company's cyber risk. All right, let's get going. Hey all it's Sean Gerber again from Reduce Cyber Risk. Now, this is the ongoing series we have around cybersecurity, not just a job description. And we're going to be talking about in this episode about uh, the the responsibilities, a resume, and job descriptions as it relates to the overall process. Now, we're going to get the first part, we're going to talk about internal versus external. We've talked about this in numerous parts around our session here, but internal candidates, if you're focusing on an internal candidate, One thing to consider is maybe somebody who breaks the mold. Maybe they don't have an IT background. And the positive piece around that would be is they don't know what they don't know. So therefore, they aren't already anchored on what they believe is what it should be done. So what security should be. And and ask more questions, especially if they come from a non-IT background. Finance, compliance, really good people that could do well in a security space. And legal especially. But the key part about that is they have to want to do it. They have to have the hunger to do it. They also have to have very good interpersonal skills. Uh, This role is a lot about influence. Now, your security analyst role may be more about just doing the buttons. You know, click a button here, call somebody there. And it may not be as much from an interpersonal standpoint. However, if you're going into a security architect role or anything like that, you're going to have that challenge. So you need to focus on good interpersonal skills. They also need to have a hunger to learn. They always need to be able to learn and they need to be changing and expanding in what they do. Cybersecurity is no different. If you don't have a hunger, it is as boring as dry toast. I don't know how boring that is, but it's kind of boring. So, but it's boring, right? It's stupid boring, right? So you have to have the ability to have understand that and always be willing to learn. You also when you're looking at external candidates, Use less experienced people. It may be warranted. Depending, we talked about that, right? If there's not much in the market or you don't have the, the paycheck to pay for all that, maybe that's the situation. Look for mentors. Okay, mentors if they're available. Maybe there's a, another company that's close by that maybe is like a sister company or maybe not a competitor, but they have a security person that they could be a mentor to one of your people. They're hard to find and they're hard to keep, but you need to focus on security people and how you can keep them here for a long term. Okay, responsibilities. Now, the responsibilities of a security person, they're responsible to manage a team. So they may be local or distributed resources, but their purpose is to manage this team. You have business integration. Also, do they have compliance, data, privacy, and operational experience? That may be required in many cases. If you hear my cat, there's a reason for it. There's many reasons, but from a compliance, data, privacy, and operations standpoint. So there's business integration around that. And that's a good background to have, especially if you're in a more medium sized business. That do they have accountability? Are they connected with the CIO, the CFO, the CEO? Are they connected with the C level or just the owner in reality? Do they have a manager? Do they have someone that can walk them through it? But is there some level of accountability around security and that they can go ahead and report to that they are being held responsible by from the CIO, the CFO, or the CEO? There's global or local operations. I know there's many medium-sized businesses that may have offices in places around the globe. Do they have that responsibility from a global standpoint, or are they specifically local to your geographic location? All of that will play into this a bit as well. Do they have vendor requirements or restrictions? That that can come into play. Uh, what about risk assessment requirements? So all of those pieces kind of come into the being when you have global or uh, local operations. Do there any, any regulatory requirements? Do, are you part of the NYDFS, the New York uh, Department of Financial Services? Okay, so they have a they require a CISO, or in reality, they require somebody that can do security, uh, responsibility for security within an organization. And you're going to see that a lot. Some people will say, well, I've got to have a security officer. No, not really. You just need to have somebody that can be your responsible person for security. Uh, Chinese cyber law is another person. you got to have someone decide def, define specifically to, that is your responsible person around Chinese cyber law. So you know, as far as your resume goes, you need to have some key topic areas you need to be aware of. okay, so if you're a person that you're if you're looking at resumes or you're putting a resume out there as an individual or as an HR, some key topics that you need to think about. industrial experience or industry experience. Doesn't necessarily make the person or the candidate. So you could have a person who's in the chemical manufacturing space apply for a financial role in security. They may be gaps in certain areas, but they may have a laundry list of experience that takes them way beyond what the financial services person could find. Do they have regulatory requirements around PS, PCI, DSS, SOX, CFATS, New York Department of Financial Services? And the alphabet soup of acronyms continues on and on and on, right? But do they have to have that regulatory experience? Do they do they have it or do they need to have it? Uh, do they have a breadth of experience, not just one field? They weren't specifically in just all of banking their entire life. Now, that's not a bad thing. But if you're looking for a chemical manuf- a security person for chemical manufacturing, maybe a banker that's, or a security person in banking their entire life may not be your best choice. However, if you don't have any other choices, maybe it is your best choice. So that's just something to consider around that. Uh, Is the person involved in security organizations, ISC Squared, ISACA, any of these things that are out there? So are they involved in those? Do they have any government involvement? Did they come from a government background? Many security people come from the government. That's where I came from. Okay, As a commander of a red team, uh, all we did was penetration testing and we used to hack all kinds of systems but there was a government that did it. right? And that's what I was part of. And we could get away with hacking those systems because in reality, that the government owns those systems. I didn't have to worry about being put in jail for hacking into a system. Now, if you do that in any other job going, yeah, I'm going to hack my neighbor and just see what happens. Or I'm going to hack my competitor and just see what happens. You're probably going to go break big rocks into little rocks. So don't do it. Okay, Just avoid that. Um, but good talent does pose challenges. right? So you, you've got to understand if you get these good people, you're going to have to keep them. And what's going to keep them? Money, fulfillment, uh, location, whatever it might be. But you need to consider those things because if you're not, they're going to go. Security clearance is big deal. Okay, If you can get somebody with a security clearance, you better need a security clearance. Um, the security clearance is only good for a certain period of time. So that's just something to kind of consider. But if your job requires a clearance, those are even harder to find. Okay, I had a clearance, it's now gone. So if someone wants to come back and, and pull me on as a contractor, they'll have to go back and re-adjudicate my clearance, right? So now they don't have to go all the way back to the beginning, they just go back where I left off. However, the simple fact of the matter is, is they still have to go back and that costs money and time. As far as a job description goes, you need to put out there the responsibilities. So the person designs, builds, tests, etc. those keywords that walk people through what is the expectation, So if you are looking from a business of being the individual, what are the responsibilities of the role? Do you really want to do that? If you're an HR person, what are you trying to accomplish? Design, build, test, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to need some help in that, right? And driving information security within an organization. That's another key bullet, right? You're trying to put this into the organization. Now, we've talked about if you don't have support from leadership and you say you're going to do that, from an individual standpoint, you need to challenge the HR person. If you've got a job or an interview and they say they want to drive information security within an organization, you need to challenge them on that and ask them, is that really true? Do I have support from leadership to do that? But from an HR point of view, you need if you put that down, that needs to be a culture within your organization that drives information security. Also, you can put down the implement security measures. You know, These are just key responsibilities. Now, some key duties would be conducting regular systems tests, monitoring, ensuring compliance and governance, protecting intellectual property, reviewing current system security measures, and implementing enhancements. Those are kind of the key duties that a security person would be doing. So again, responsibilities, design, build, test, key duties, go go make sure that it's compliant and that you are protecting our IP. Another thing to think about is skills and competencies. Extensive experience in information security and or IT risk management solid knowledge and experience with firewalls, encryption, strong customer focus, right? Able to meet demands of internal and external users. Those are some key job descriptions that are skills and competencies that you may require within your organization for a security person. We talked about secure certification requirements, CISSP, CISM, uh, certified ethical hacker, so on and so forth. Industry specific requirements, HIPAA, FFIEC, SOC 2, Chinese cyber law, and so forth. Again, Very different levels of certification and skills and competencies. Okay, this was part was the the last part of I talked about with the description, the job description, responsibilities. The key part of this lesson was to get you out there in this episode, was to walk you through if you're putting together a, a resume. What are some things you need to consider? If you're an individual who is looking to hire individuals, what are some of the things you should look at with their resume and what should you consider? Okay, we'll be going on to some new ones here in a little bit. But again, check out Reduce Cyber Risk. We've got some great stuff out there. Uh, More videos, you'll find these out on YouTube. You'll see stuff out there on LinkedIn as well. But again, check it out to ReduceCyberRisk.com. All right, have a great day. See ya. Thanks so much for listening today as it was my pleasure to prep you for the CISSP exam. But are you interested in some free CISSP exam questions? Head on over to cisspquestions.com and sign up to join my email list and you will gain access to 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. That's a total of 360 questions just for signing up with CISSP Cyber Training. You will also gain access to other free resources. So just head on over to FreeCISSPQuestions.com or CISSPCybertraining.com and sign up today. All right. Have a wonderful day and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you.